Well, Ulysses, the Tampa Bay Rays are no longer undefeated. 162-0 is off the table, but they were, at the very least, able to salvage and prevent a three-game sweep at the hands of the Toronto Blue Jays by winning Sunday's game. So they are 14-2, and last I checked. That's right. So that means shades are off. We start to begin mm-hmm. a new streak. So let's talk about it right now. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we are the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your very first listen every day. Uh, be sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked On Rays. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And email us anytime. Mailbag questions, comments, concerns, hot takes, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Well, it is a Monday show, which means it's time for our takeaways from the weekend. Ulysses, what do you got despite the Rays losing two of three to the Toronto Blue Jays and the sky falling? <laughs> right. Well, first of all, yeah, the historic run is over. That sucks. We all wanted the 14th win. We all wanted the sole possession of that record, especially because of the whole vitriol, honestly, that it seemed to, that the race seemed to get, or the race fandom seemed to get on anti-social media, you know, with the whole soft schedule stuff. And then you get yeah. to the Blue Jays and you lose twice. You lose the series. It, it sucks. It feeds into their poorly constructed narrative. Um But yeah, so obviously that sucks, but resiliency, man, it's going to sound like a cliche, but their pitching was not effective Friday and Saturday, walking guys left and right. Their defense was shoddy, not turning double plays, not making the the routine play that they had done before. The bats were kind of quiet and and, and kind of cold the Friday and Saturday and did not uh, get their opportunities and, and, and cash them in. But Sunday was completely different. And Christian Bethencourt said that on Sunday's game, they played like when they were on that run. And it's 100%. The defense was sharp. The pitching did its job. And the and the, and the bats, they cashed those opportunities in. I, I think one of the biggest things that I am really happy about is Shane McClanahan's uh, 2023 season. And I yeah. like that he has been kind of struggling. I like that. Because when he struggled with the Nats, um, when he struggled with the Jays, right? And I'm missing a team. I'm missing a team. The Red Sox. Yes. Um, He still put up a very effective line. And that's the cliche, right? At top of the arm rotation, if they struggle and they can still give you a quality start, that's when you know that, you know, they're that A word, which, I'm again, I'm not ready to use. Right. That's what he's showing in 2023, man. And if he keeps doing that this year, you're gonna. I'm. I'm just gonna have to give him the A word because he's doing that type of stuff, and I'm loving that. So that's really my big picture: the resiliency of this team to come back after what was definitely a very somber Friday evening, and then a Saturday hungover of that Friday to come out on Sunday the way that they did. Very admirable. 
Yeah, that's huge, especially because you're riding the high of 13 and 0, and then to lose a game and then lose another game to a division rival. It's like, at what point are you able to come back and find your momentum? Because you're, I would think, that winning streak, you're running just off of adrenaline and energy and just you're feeling things that you've never felt before. And then when that first gut punch happens, how do you recover? How quick does it take for you to recover? And it it took the race pretty quickly. A couple, get, couple bad games, get them out of your system, then win Sunday uh, before you go out on the road. So I think, you know, if, if there was one thing that concerned me about the winning streak was like, once it ends, how far does this team fall in terms of the depression and like, uh, how do we get up for a game? What We don't even know what it's like to lose. How do we handle that? How do we deal with that? So I think that is uh, very telling and very important there. And I'm glad you hit on Shane McClanahan. I'm calling it right now. I know I mentioned it last week. He will get 20 wins this season. And to your point, um, there's very few starts where a pitcher, ace or not, is going to feel at tip-top shape, is going to feel like they have their best stuff running. Like maybe a handful of your 30, 32 starts are going to feel that way. It's the other 15, 20 starts where you're feeling a little groggy. You're feeling, you know, 75 to 85, maybe 90%. How do you grind through and deal with that? And and that's a that's a big marker there. It's it's how do you how good are you when you don't have your best stuff or when you get into the grind of a season? And the big thing for Shane, of course, is being able to keep it up for a full season. Are you going to have that first half that is terrific and then the rails come off a little bit because of exhaustion and stamina and you've never done it before? I, I'll be really curious to see how effective Shane is, assuming he stays healthy when we get into August and September and October. Can he keep it up? For, and that was the question coming into the offseason for a lot of guys. For Drew Rasmussen, how can he handle a, a full workload again? How can Jeffrey Springs handle a full workload again? Same thing for Shane McClanahan as well. Yeah, and the way that the game started on Sunday with, I think it was walk, single, single. Uh, you start to, you know, okay, this is going to be a rough one. But to be able to just put a tourniquet on it, and and still provide six strong innings. Uh, I think he retired seven in a row at a time. That just shows again the 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 growth. So yeah, obviously the biggest question is can he do it for a whole season? Right now he's looking fantastic. Four starts, four wins. So yes. <laughs> if if you know, I think a lot of locked on race listeners would would side on your uh, side of the bet with a twenty wins or over. I'm I'm still gonna go uh, right. under just because the way that wins are operated in 2023. But he's looking really, really well. But and, and it goes without saying. Let me add this too: a very, very dangerous, strong Blue Jays lineup that is very yes. right-handed heavy. So that's another factor too. I mean, when you've got to start the game and you're right off the bat, man, I've got to start with George Springer, then Bo Bichette and Vlad Guerrero. That's not a, a that's a tough way to start a ball game. And oh, by the way, the the fourth hitters match happened. Like, <laughs> yeah. when does it end? You know, it's 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 really tough. But you know, talking about pitching, Kevin Cash after the 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 game on Sunday, they asked him, you know, were you worried that you know Shane McClanahan had to give you six innings because your bullpen is a little bit tired, you haven't had any days off, and he kind of shrugged it off. And I was surprised. I thought he would be like, yeah, definitely. What what a good job by Shane and and giving us some some length there. Didn't want to use some guys that I didn't want to use, but he didn't say that. 
He was like, no, I was completely fine. He got some work out of the bullpen. Completely okay. That threw me off uh, because that means that either he was saving face and he didn't want to say, yeah, you know, our guys are tired. We haven't had an off day. Or everybody was wrong. The, all, every reporter and every person on, 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 on Ray's social media that was saying, oh, man, he really needs to give us length was wrong. So do you have the gauge there on on what Kevin Cash was trying to maybe, you know, say? I have no idea, quite frankly. I did not hear those comments. My just first inclination and first instinct is, I mean, the bullpen basically had a, a two-week break. They hadn't been tested for two weeks all that much. So, I and I mean, the guys that they've been using the past couple of days, this is it more long relief like Yanni Chirinos and Josh Fleming? I mean, I don't, I don't see – again, I'm, I've not paid any bit of attention to social media or this uh, necessity to, that Shane has to throw six instead of five or whatever. So I really – I don't have a hot take on that whatsoever. I, I would think that um, the team – roll because the, the complaint the first two weeks of the season is the bullpen's not getting used. Nobody's getting, getting work. And now guys are getting a little bit of work and people are freaking out. Like, what's the deal? I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, that was very Seinfeld of you. What's the deal with the bullpen not getting work? Um, I mean, Torino's no. Fleming, it's, you know, you had a, you, I I don't see like some crazy usage here. Um, I, I don't understand it either. Uh, but I mean, if you, if you have that big of an issue, call up somebody from AAA to, to weather the storm for a game or two. And I guess that's what we're we're about to see on Monday. Uh, as we're recording, I don't see any new moves uh, being posted, but maybe we do get a little bit of a of movement on Monday or two yeah. for Tuesday's game uh, against the Reds. But yeah, no. Again, just to close it out, resiliency. They really showed that they can get off uh, back up from the mat, which is really nice to see from this team, especially if they're going to do it for the next 145 games. Yes, uh, it is the long season, folks. Let's remember that. Uh, we've got more to discuss. I'll give my takeaway as well, and then we'll briefly discuss the upcoming series against the Cincinnati Reds. But Ulysses, first, we have to tell the listeners about something very important. Yes, and that very important thing is Pro Baseball GM, which is the coolest game that I've played in a long time. I'm not a big cell phone game guy. I used to be. But once the grays start coming, uh, you know, you, you stop uh, downloading games. But I did download this one, and it has been so, so fun because I've always wanted to be a GM. I know Kevin has. I know that you who are watching this and subscribing on YouTube probably have dreamed of being a baseball GM. And you can do that with this game because it allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise okay you can hire the right coaches and staff you can scout and draft the players you can help facilities become a little bit more new age you can do free agency you can do it all so today locked on rock locked on race listeners you get a 100 free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n in the game store so make sure to check that out and download the game either by going to probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or you can look it up on your app store. I would do the latter. It is 2023. So, Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. All right. Uh, my big observation or takeaway from the weekend is we saw a very familiar face in a very different uniform, or I guess kind of similar 
color scheme, if if you will. Kevin Kiermeyer, first time we got to see him face the Rays in regular season ball, and um, it's it's weird. It's it's bittersweet. Good for Kevin Kiermeyer getting that one year nine million dollar deal, feeling wanted again, feeling appreciated again, because I think and myself included that the Rays fan base sort of maybe in a way soured on Kiermaier because he had the big contract. He was the quasi uh, face of the franchise. He was the face of the franchise and he just could never stay on the field. So I think there's a lot to be said for him getting a change of scenery, getting a new start, a fresh start and seeing what he can do where, yeah, you maybe face the Rays and you want to show them up a little bit, but you also get to have the Red Sox and the Yankees be your rivals again as well, which I think counts for something. But being able to see uh, Kevin Kiermaier in an opposing uniform, he just seemed in good spirits, and and he's playing well right now. I mean, he, the, it's not very often we see him uh, smack a fastball between the shortstop and third baseman, and then he's he's executing double steals. And his, his numbers, obviously, they're not going to to stay on this track right now. He's got a four seventeen BABIP, so that is you know with with the lack of walks and, you know, Kiermaier isms, Kiermaier being Kiermaier, he's going to come back down to earth. But, um, you know, I, again, I, I've got nothing but love and, and, uh, and good vibes, uh, for Kevin Kiermaier, all that he's been through. I, I hope that he's able to stay healthy and not hurt the Rays too much, but it is interesting to where I think with him, he's able to, there's not that, yeah, he, he comes in to be a, a veteran leader and veteran presence, but the pressure and onus isn't on him necessarily to uh, you, you're the, the 50, 60 million dollar guys. So you you got to carry the load here. No, you can settle in and bat seventh, eighth or ninth and you can let. Vladdy Guerrero and Bo Bichette and Matt Chapman and Alejandro Kirk and George Springer, all the, all these other guys, um, you know, do the damage and, and get the, uh, get the attention if you will. So that's just yeah. sort of my, my comment there is, is Kevin Kiermeyer in another uniform. Well, you know, hashtag Indiana bump, of course. Yes. Um, you know, yeah, it was odd seeing him, but I guess it helps that it's still blue. I don't know if you get the same thing. Like, yeah, that's if true. We, it, it matches it would have been an orange, his, uh, mystique. Yeah, an orange or red. You're like, oh, this this seems odd. But being it blue, it makes a little bit more of a camouflage, you know, into normalcy. normalcy. Uh, it, dude, he's playing the heck out of uh, of this season so far. Like you're yeah. saying, he's running well, hitting the ball hard, making extraordinary plays out in the outfield. Especially. In, the way that the game ended, that was really funny too. Um, yeah. with that double play and Jason Adam and, and the whole the couple wows that he threw at right, <laughs> Jason right. Adam. That was he fantastic. had his hands on his hips. <laughs> yeah. It was very Kiermeyer. Ham, cameras are on me. I'm gonna just have fun with it. But yeah, very cool, very cool of, of just to see him. I hope he has a lot of success. Like you said, not with the not against the race, but I hope he yeah. has, you know, one of the best years of his career. He, he can stay healthy. That's for sure. But I, I love what you said about not coming in, having to be the guy, even though he is the guy in a certain way. Right. He he's he's the guy defensively and the guy to maybe bring a, a winning culture together. But it's not like, hey, you're the face of the franchise, but you're always hurt. It's yeah. He, it, again, it, it's, it's the, very tough. It, it, to me, it was very tough to stomach Kevin Kiermeyer being the big contract. Literally, I, I've said it 10 times already, face of the franchise, and then you're, you're batting eighth in the order. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not common. 
to be the face of the franchise and you're and you're hitting eighth. That's that's for sure. I don't know how many other franchises would, would yeah. do that. But regardless, yeah, I, I feel like what you're saying coming in and having to be the guy in the clubhouse, he can do that easily. Yes. That's the strength of his. Be the guy with the glove and and speed. Yes, he can do that. He be, be that guy. Put him in a situation where he's going to succeed is exactly that. Not put him above seventh. You know, yeah. have him hit eighth, be ninth. Put put some speed on the on the bottom of that order. I think that that's fantastic for him. I hope he has a, a tremendous season. I don't know how Rays fans might feel about this. Maybe they're a little bit more edgier and and less nice than what we're being right now. And they're like, nope, right. he's in the opposition right now. I I want him to do horrible. So. I want you guys to tell me on the comment box how you feel about Kevin Kiermaier. Do you want him to have a good season, like we're saying, but maybe not against the Rays? Do you just not care any, anything about what Kevin yeah. Kiermaier does in his life? Like, I, I'd like to hear your opinions on the comment box. And maybe that's part of it, too, is, hey, once you're no longer a Ray, we just don't care about you, even though you spent, you know, the bulk, I mean, all your entire career with one organization. And he was really the guy that helped – lead and, and bring back the winning culture to the Rays as well. So, um, yeah, that's just something to to observe. And just like every year, I'm very curious to see how many games he plays, how long he's able to stay healthy. Um, if he gets to 120, 110, 130, whatever it may be. But, um, yeah, that was just my comment. It, it just seems like that's a really good fit and role for Kevin Kiermeyer where um, – you know, that that pressure is is kind of behind him in some sense. There's pressure on him to be a veteran, but there's not pressure on him when, the you know, there's runners on second and third with less than one out and you got to knock one in. Talking about pressure and talking about knowing your role and how you can succeed better at it, if it's a more uh, better position for you to succeed, I'm going to switch it up a little bit and mention two names. Taylor Walls and Vidal Bruhan. Boy, yeah. they look completely different than 2022, folks. And that's a good. That's good. Right. That is tremendous news. They look like different ballplayers. Why? Because they're being utilized the way that they should as yeah. bench guys, as role guys, not as like, hey, Taylor, yeah, we're going to need 400 plate appearances from you. Like, that's not the way to use Taylor. Again, right. last year they were, you know, their hands were tied. They had to use him uh, for 400 plate appearances, but hopefully they don't have to do that this year. And then you can get the most out of Taylor Walls. I mean, he is running like a demon out there. I love the, the, the aggressiveness. He's got the wheels to do so. He's hitting the ball well. Vidal Bruhan again, utilizing his speed. Now it's like at least four times this season where he's legitimately like chopping the ball towards third to give himself that running start to get to uh, first safely. I'm loving that. Yeah. Know your role. Be self-aware. Um, and he's being self-aware right now. And I'm loving that from both of them. Ironically, uh, with I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that in tying back into Kiermaier. Uh, yeah, he was probably actually defensively outpaced by his cohorts, Dalton Varsho and, and George Springer over the course of that season with some of the plays that they made. But of course, Kevin Kiermaier will have, he already has had his highlight reel moments as well. So yeah. I'll be very curious to see him uh, going forward. If I had to put a marker on it, I would think he probably plays 
fewer than 120 games. But now if he comes out and, and plays, you know, 145, 150 games, I'm going to be pissed. Cause it's like, <laughs> we've been waiting, you know, eight years for that. But if it's a typical Kiermaier season, maybe not typical in the sense of, Hey, he only played 65 games, but you know, somewhere between 120, you know, 100, 110, 120 games, then I can live with that. But if you start playing 145, 150 games, I'm going to have some problems. I'm going to reverse everything I said about Kevin Kiermaier. I don't I think the prop bet that Jose Siri will have a higher war this season than Kiermaier, though that uh, prop is not looking so hot right now. I don't think you'd be the only one, uh, you know, of, of, of Ray's nation who would be pissed if Kevin Kiermaier pulls off a 140 game yeah. played in 2023. Like we would but all be a little on a one year contract. So, you know, you're playing for that next contract. I, I, I don't know if it's a True. team option. Well, regardless, he's playing for that you know, that next year or yeah. next contract, whatever it may be. So there's um, there's some onus on him to, to do that and stay healthy as well. All right. Uh, we will wrap things up with a brief mention of the upcoming series against the Cincinnati Reds. But first, we have to tell you about our new sponsor called So Rare. So Rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. So head over to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare dot com slash locked on to start playing today well uh the the competition against seller dwellers continues for the tampa bay rays with a three-game series on the road correct yes i believe it's on the road yes on the road in cincinnati great american ballpark it's a band box, folks. We'll see what happens. Um, the Reds are six and nine right now, last in the division, not surprisingly. Uh, if you look at some of the preseason projections, Pakota, for example, had them at 66 wins. You just look up and down the roster, you probably say and look at yourself and say, this is a team that's going to win 65, 66, 67 games, somewhere around there. I mean, if you look at their lineup, I know that they've actually been uh, putting together an offensive outburst, but that lineup is... Uh, not um it it doesn't uh, necessarily bring i would think a lot of uh, joy and fanfare uh if you're a reds fan i mean uh the other day against the phillies they had somebody named tj friedel batting second jake fraley former ray batting third and cleanup jason vossler uh fifth will myers former ray as well uh the the reds are going all in on on will myers he's he's their face in the franchise while uh, Joey Votto is is uh, on a rehab assignment, but um, yeah, sixty-seven Cincinnati wins. Reds, they're not a good team. I'm sorry, sixty-seven wins. You are feeling really happy and giving on this Monday morning because hey, I'm I just going with but what pro- 
Pakoda projected. Pakoda hey. is very happy too. Mike, I don't see 67. Think about the division though. Fair, but look at that roster. They had our better roster last year, didn't they? I mean, I, I don't know, you know. Yeah, the, the yeah. again, the Reds, I mean, they're part of that five, six, seven year rebuilding. Forever rebuild. Um and their their pitching is just absolutely garbage right now. They have the sixth worst team ERA in baseball. And if you go to their team website, like the first thing that says is, yeah, pitching struggles continue. Uh, and this is an opportunity for, again, we don't like to get ahead of ourselves and say sweep, but this is a team that you should handle very, very easily, even with it being on the road. I would think that the Rays should easily be able to scoop up two of three. Although again, you look at the pitching matchups and you see Jalen Beeks versus Hunter green TBD versus Nick Lodolo and TBD versus TBD, you know, yeah. uh, elephant in the room. The rays are missing three fifths of their starting rotation in glass. Now Springs in Eflin. And this week I would not be surprised if another position player or pitcher goes down. And, you know, obviously I, I think we would see some Tosh Bradley during this, uh, this yeah. series. Um, maybe this would be a good series for Taj Bradley. This is a good, this is a nice, Hey, let's get Taj Bradley on the confidence train here. Yeah. Some ego boost as opposed to the blue Jays. Let's see him go against the reds. And he did very, and he did very well against the red Sox who have a potent lineup. Uh, you know, so let's give him a a little bit of a, of a reds treatment here, man. I, I want to point out two things. Number one, sandbox. The Rays have hit at least a home run in every single one of their games in 16 mm-hmm. games. Uh, Sarah Lang said that they need four more, I believe, to get the record of most home runs uh, in a row for all the games played. So that would be kind of cool. Guess what? You have three shots yeah. <laughs> at a very uh, gettable uh, park. To, to hit a home run in Cincinnati. So that's one of the things. Number two, the guy they're facing on Monday evening, Hunter Green, has the talent to be terrific. I mean, the stuff is unbelievable. It's game, it's video game like. He has no control of it. Right. He does not know where the heck the ball is going. I think he had a he has a 1.6 whip. Every two innings, he's gonna give you a walk. Can you be patient enough in the race lineup? to take a walk uh, when you want to do damage that will be. And if you are then with the bases loaded men on first and second, then you can really pick for your pitch and do some damage there. So that's hopefully what we're going to be seeing against Hunter green is that lineup being a little bit more patient and then getting him on the ropes and then capitalizing uh, because he's going to give you opportunities. Hunter green will give you opportunities and there'll be self-harm opportunities. Uh, so hopefully the race can can do that, man. I'm I'm excited about seeing this team maybe get another streak on their belt because after the Reds, they get home and they face the Chicago White Sox. And I feel good about the Chicago White Sox. I think that they're just um, forever uh, underwhelming. I don't care about the roster. That's why you have to play the games on paper. That's why we play the games on uh, on 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 th- this weekend, right? Did, yeah. did it not look like the Rays on paper were better Friday and Saturday? They did. And they lost both games. Mm-hmm. They lost both games. And then on Sunday, oh, Manoa's going, he's a, he's a stud. He's a Cy Young kind of candidate for the for the AL. Boom, you the game ends eight to one. 
That's yeah. why on paper does not matter. You have to play these games. So hopefully when the boys play these games, they have a little bit of, you know, uh, of a chip on their shoulder because let's not forget that this team was swept by the 2022 Cincinnati Reds last year swept. Okay. So hopefully they can return their favor in 2023 um, with something like that. I won't say it, but something like that. And I think with being patient, it's Wander Franco and Yandy Diaz and Brandon Lau that should and will set the tone with that. And I'm glad you brought up, hunter green because he does have amazing amazing stuff i mean the fastball it's average is 100 miles an hour he's <laughs> dialing it up to 101 102 103 but stuff is just one part of the equation it takes a lot more than just pure nasty velocity to have staying power and, and be an effective big leader again i'll take you down to the complex league and find you a dozen dominicans throwing 99 but they don't know where yeah. it's going. So, exactly. which I mean, brings about its own challenges for a hitter too, as far as, uh, you know, that in a Safety. way that could even be tougher. If you've got a guy throwing that hard, but you don't know where it's going. That's, you know, kind of makes you um, a little, um, you know, loosey goosey, if you will. But yeah. So remember, uh, that's going to be something to watch out for, for sure. Remember any Romero? Uh, yes. Big, Blast tall, lefty. Could it could just throw the heck out of the white baseball? Where is he now? He couldn't yeah. control it. He couldn't control it. That's the thing with Jose Alvarado too. I mean, I, I, obviously he has had some staying power as a reliever, but guy was. So, that's exactly so that's that's where you can go. Point. Yeah, that's where you can go. You can go the any Romero route and like, hey, I had the stuff, but you never were able to command and control. And now you have Jose Alvarado, who basically has gotten. I think it was an insane stat I read. Like eighty-five percent of his outs made were strikeouts something dumb like yeah like if he's gonna get you out he's just gonna strike you out it's been crazy so yeah that's the way you have to come in or control that's that's the fork on the road so that let's let's see what happens with hunter green um on monday evening and with hunter green he's got good enough stuff where he doesn't even need command he just needs control he doesn't have to be greg maddox with the command or you know sure pick your poison with whoever it may be um so that's another another thing to uh watch out for as well all right uh thank you for making the lockdown rays podcast your very first listen every day every day or listen to us tomorrow uh we'll have more we'll uh recap uh this monday night game against the reds hopefully a w for uh your tampa bay rays um thank you again for listening to us stay safe and we will talk to you tomorrow